This morning we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, so again we're going to turn back to the book of Galatians chapter 5, that's where we're at, Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to see what the Bible says about it. Now, um, I'm excited about this message this morning because it's a, what I consider a basic message, a fundamental message, and so for some of us it will be new, for some of us it will be review, and if I'm going along teaching it and you go, I know that, then it, if it's old to you, then it's not real to you. So I would encourage you to maybe check on the inside and take some notes. Did I step on your toes? All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And so I'm reading from the King James Bible, and you'll probably notice that the, the message is, uh, um, I think it was titled Faithfulness or something like that. In most Bibles, other than King James, it's listed as the word faithfulness. But again, like Pastor Walt said, um, I think he mentioned this last week, if you look up the word faith in the Greek, it's pistis which is 4102 in the Greek, if you're looking at concordance, and it's listed as faith, and it has several other definitions. The last definition in there in the Strong's Concordance says fidelity, which is the same as faithfulness. And so I don't know why the other Bibles translate it as faithfulness, but in the King James, it says faith. So this morning, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, faith. And if the fruit of the Spirit is faith, how do we cultivate that faith or that faithfulness, whatever you choose to to plug in there. How do we cultivate? You know, fruit needs to be cultivated to grow, right? If you want to cultivate your language learning skills, you have to study it. You know, if you want to cultivate your music skills, you have to practice, right? How do we cultivate faith? That's a good question. So there's some things that we need to know about faith. So the first question I want to ask this morning is how does faith come? How does faith come? If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write that down. Also, I would say this, that I've heard people say this in the past, that they've prayed for faith. There's nowhere in the, in the Bible where it says to pray for faith. You don't pray for faith. That's not how faith comes. Even the disciples went to Jesus and said, hey, increase our faith. And so he gave them a, a little lecture in there on that. But in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 3, Romans 12, 3, it says that God has given every man a measure of faith. God has given everybody a measure of faith. So he would be unjust to require faith or faithfulness of us if he didn't provide the means for us to have that, right? God's given to every person a measure of faith. In Ephesians 2, 8, Ephesians 2, 8 lines up with that. It says that for by grace... Are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God. We're saved by grace through faith. And you didn't really have anything to do with it other than the believing part. It's a gift from God. So how does faith come? Let's turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10. Like I said, this is going to be pretty basic, but it's good stuff, especially in the times that we're living in right now. We need to boost our faith, amen? There's a lot of fear out in the community. You know, um, there's been a spike, obviously, in the COVID, and some of the junior highs and high schools have closed down, and 
uh, to take a breather. Um, some of the restaurants are going back to drive through only. So there's a lot of faith or fear in the community, but we need to beef up our faith. So how does faith come? Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 says this. Excuse me, Romans. I did it again, didn't I, Brandon? Some reason. That's what happens when you study at 4 o'clock in the morning. All right, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it's important, there's, there's a pattern in here. If you just want to back up for a few verses, like in verse 13, it says this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's important to know. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? So there's a pattern in there. There's a biblical pattern in there about how faith comes. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in verse 14, if you look at it, it says that if you hear and you believe, then you'll say something, right? So the pattern is if you hear something long enough, it doesn't matter if it's the truth or a lie. If you hear something long enough, you begin to believe it. And when you believe something strong enough, the Bible says, says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? If you believe something strong enough, there's going to be some kind of corresponding action. So if I said to you, you know, H-E-B is giving away free turkeys for the first hundred people that show up at two o'clock today, Right? That's a lie. Don't go. <laughs> but if I said that, and then Pastor Lane said that, and Miss Michelle said that, Miss Jenna said that, even though it's a lie, if you hear something long enough, you begin to believe it. And when you believe it strong enough, at 2 o'clock, you'll be at HEB to get your free turkey, right? So that's a biblical principle. How does faith come? It's important that we know that. You hear something, you believe it, and then there's corresponding action. You either say or do something. So let's, let's look in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, for an illustration of this. Mark, chapter 5. This is going to be good stuff. It's basic, but it's really good. And will probably save your life at some point. Mark, chapter 5, and verse 25. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus. There's that hearing, right? Had heard of Jesus and what he was doing and what he was preaching. Came in the press behind and touched his garment. Verse 28. For she said... There's the action. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? What are you, crazy? There's all kinds of people out here. And he looked round about to see her, that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and behold thy plague. Thy faith, there's that word faith again. In the Greek, it's pistis, 4102. 
But it says when she heard of Jesus, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. Amen? When she heard of Jesus, it says that she said something. So we, we can um, imply here that she heard and she believed. Obviously, she believed because there was some corresponding action. She moved in through the crowd because she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to get healed. That's faith in action. Fruit of the Spirit is faith. How do we cultivate it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's interesting that all these people, it's like all of us in here, if Jesus was standing here and we all thronged him and somebody reached out in faith and touched him, he would know who it was. See, because the only way you can please God is by what? By faith is what it says in Hebrews. And so faith touches God. Faith touches the Lord Jesus Christ and causes him to move. Not my uh, worrying, not my complaining, not my hoping so. It's faith that moves God. And that's why faith is important. That's why it's important for us to cultivate our faith. God's given you a measure of faith, but what are you doing with it? Faith can be increased. And so this woman, when she'd heard of Jesus heard the word of God, she was believing it and moved and said something and went in there and received her healing. So that's number one. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's pretty basic, pretty simple. So again, I would throw this out there that this principle works whether it's the truth that you're hearing or whether it's a lie. Last night, I happened to visit my mother and father. We took them some, was it chicken and dumpling soup? And uh, it was really good. My wife made it from scratch. And so we went over there, and, and uh, they had the news on. And then they turned it off, and then we ate, and we're sitting around there talking. And, and my dad said, hey, you want to watch the news? And I said, if, you know, if you want to. I don't watch the news. And so I turned it on, and he had it on a particular news channel. And so, you know, it's scrolling all this dialogue across there, and you know what I'm talking about, because uh, you've watched the news. And so they're spewing this dialogue out there, and, and it's amazing how they can motivate or move you or try to influence you to, or to get you to believe a certain way. But uh, my wife pointed out, what's very astute of her, is that they, they put it in big, bold print, dun, 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 this is what we say, and then comma, in our opinion, in our opinion, doesn't mean that it's the truth. But if you feed on that, this is not my notes, but if you feed on that garbage all the time, It's going to have an effect on you. You will begin to believe it, right? And then you'll begin to say it or act in fear. And so I'd encourage you to, uh, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Amen? That wasn't in my notes. All right, question number two. How does faith work? We know how faith comes, but how does faith work? You need to know how faith works. Turn in your Bible to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And I know some of you have digital Bibles, and those are good too. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It says this, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith 
that works by love. That word worketh in the Greek is uh, energeo. It's where we get our word to energize or energy. And it means this, to energize, working in a situation which brings it from one point to the next, like an electrical current energizing a wire, bringing it to a shining light bulb. It's, it's the love of God that's in you that will energize your faith, which will make your faith work. Amen? So, if your faith hasn't been working the way you think it should, I would recommend or suggest that the first place you might want to check is your life, is your love walk. Your love walk. Are you walking in love? Good question. Let's look at an illustration. The book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. So this is more of a teaching today than a preaching, but this is good stuff. Again, this will save your life at some point or another. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And again, he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was, po- it was noised that he was in the house. Jesus is in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached, what? He preached the word unto them. I think that's really cool. The word of God is preaching the word of God. And they're listening. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the the palsy, which was born of four. So in other words, four friends bringing their friend that was sick. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press or the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, that must have been an awesome sight, crawling up on the roof, breaking it up. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, I like that. When Jesus saw their faith, that tells me right now that faith can be recognized. You can tell whether people have got faith or not by what they say and by what they do. Again, this past week, I was filling in for one of our principals that was quarantining one of our campuses, and so I happened to walk into the gym in, in the morning, and the, the you know, students were arriving, and so here's this uh, educator standing next to me. We'll leave it like that. And um, they began talking about the news, you know, and they've been talking about uh, um, the COVID stuff, and then uh, the way they were saying it um, was quite negative, and they, they were saying, God has done this, and God has put this on people. I went, whoop, turned right to them and said, you can't find that in the Bible. Immediate contention. I said, show me where that's in the Bible. And it got a little awkward there for a minute. I don't know how I got off on that, but that was so good. Uh, um, Oh, yeah, he saw their faith. He saw their faith. You know, faith is recognizable. The individual I was talking to didn't have an ounce of faith in the Word of God, had all their faith in what the news was saying and what was happening in the, the community. Amen? And that's another thing. Let me just get off on that. You know, there's a lot of good remedies out there, and Pastor Walt shared them last week. I got on Amazon and ordered a bunch of stuff. You know? Um, and that's good. And I've been in a lot of virtual meetings, and people are, are saying, you know, take a lot of vitamin C, take a lot of vitamin D, take this you know, zinc and all these different things. Those are all valid and real things. You know, doctors will tell you that. 
But I keep thinking to myself, nobody's mentioned 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. So I'll type it, I'll type it in a little chat room, uh, 1 Peter 2.24, and all of a sudden it gets quiet in the virtual room. So. Oh yes, Daniel's just added that uh, 1 Peter 2.24 is in, yeah. So to me, the word of God should not be the supplement. No, I got off on this, but this is not my notes. It's not the supplement. It should come first. We should always put the word of God first. And yes, add these natural remedies or medicinal remedies in there. God can work with that. So I'm just saying, I'm encouraging us, let's keep our priorities right. The word of God first, and then take your zinc and your vitamin D and all that other stuff. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so where were we? When he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Forgiven thee. So how does faith work? Faith works by love. What motivated these four guys to take their sick friends? Well, Bob, who was sick, owed him $1,000 each, so they were going to make sure he got healed. <laughs> no. I believe they were motivated by love. said, bless God, we've heard the word. We believe the word. And so they moved. They were motivated by love. And Jesus saw their faith. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Your sins are forgiven. If you read it in another um, gospel, it says that Jesus addressed them a little bit more and, and, and spoke to the man and said, hey, take up your bed, go and walk. He was completely healed. So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear it, you believe it, you act on it. How does faith work? It works by love. If it's not working in your life the way you think it should work, check up on your love walk. Do you have any unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody? I remember a story about uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, who was the founder of our Bible college. This woman called him up, called him up and said, hey, my, my daughter suffers tremendously from epilepsy, these seizures and stuff. And, and so... Um, he said, can you come to the house and pray for her? And he said, sure, sure I will. So he, he's on his way over to the house driving over there, and God spoke to him and said, don't pray for the girl. Speak to the mother. So he gets in there, and he looks at the mother. There's the girl, and, and uh, I don't remember how, much, how old the girl was. She was a young teenager, 12, something like that. And so um, she you know, suffered from epilepsy, and, and so um, he didn't pray for her. He looked at the mom and said, God told me not to pray for her. God told me to tell you this. You need to forgive your mother-in-law. That's walking in love, isn't it? And so he, you know, he led her in some prayer there, had her to, to pray from her heart and to release her mother-in-law, forgive her mother-in-law, and the girl was healed. Never laid a hand on her, never prayed for her. But here's this mom believing for the healing of her daughter, but her love walk wasn't where it needed to be. Your faith is activated and energized by your love. Amen? This is good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Hallelujah. Question number three. What did Jesus say about great faith? What did Jesus say about great faith? Let's look in the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. So those four friends, you know, if you look back at it, um, the story there, 
They, they heard the word of God, they believed the word of God, and they acted on it. So we see this pattern happening again. But what did Jesus say about great faith? In Luke chapter 7, hopefully I got the right scripture. Yeah, there it is. All right, verse 1. Now when he had ended all his sayings, talking about Jesus, in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus... When he'd heard of the word, when he'd heard of the word of God, he sent unto him, unto Jesus, the elders of the Jews, beseeching him, beseeching Jesus, that Jesus would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy, the centurion was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, our people, and hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, in other words, Jesus just like Brother Hagin. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go do this thing. Let's go heal him. But he's on his way over to the house. In verse 6, And Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof or enter my house. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Just say the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus, verse 9, When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And again, that word faith in there is the Greek word pistis, which means faith. In verse 10, and they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. So what happened here? This centurion had heard of Jesus. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Was this guy motivated by love? Obviously, he loved the the Israeli, Israeli people, he had built them a synagogue. He loved his servant so much that he was going to do whatever he needed to do to get his healing. So he hears the word of God, right? He's believing the word of God. He's sending out his emissaries to go get Jesus, to bring him. But actually, you know, he said, you just say the word. In other words, that, Jesus said, that's great faith. This individual says, just say the word. Just Hear the word of God. Just read the word of God. That's, that's all I need. Just the word of God. I'll believe it, and it'll happen. Bless God. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. He called that great faith. Hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, and acting on the word of God. I mean, that's some faith. That centurion said, no, no. You, don't come to my house because I'm really not worthy. Don't think that highly of myself. But you just say the word, and I know my servant's going to get healed. That's trusting God, amen? How many times do we do that? Don't answer. Just hear the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Now, there is the Bible, which we have, and we should all have a copy of the Bible. And you need to have a really good copy of the Bible, and I mean a good copy of ones that one that says something to you that you understand. It's, it's written a way that you can understand. And one that you can write in. 
Highlight it. It's not sacrilegious to write in your Bible. Amen? And highlight things. This Bible of mine right here, this is, uh, I got this uh, March 16th, 1988, the same day I had pneumonia. Ended up in the hospital, and um, this one's all highlighted, is all I'm saying. I've had this, this is the one I went to Bible college with. I went to Bible college in 1988, but on that particular day, um, I ended up in the hospital, and my wife, she's having this birthday party for me. This is not my notes either. I don't know what I'm telling this story. Anyway, she's over at the house waiting for me to show up with my parents and celebrate my birthday. Birthday, And, um, and so uh, I call her from the hospital. Can you come pick me up? Where are you? I'm in the hospital. So anyway, um, I ended up with pneumonia. And uh, I think that's the only time in my life I've ever prayed for God to just go ahead and take me home. It was bad. So uh, got off on that because I was talking about highlighting Bibles. This one is marked up. This is highlighted. The pages are starting to fall out. Get you a Bible that you can use. Amen? That's all I'm trying to say. And find scriptures that you can stand on. And so you have the Bible, you have the Word of God, but also God will speak to your heart, will he not? And when he speaks to your heart, is that the Word of God? Is that the Word of God? Uh, Yes, it is. Because when God speaks to your heart, whatever he tells you will always line up with what's in his written Word. Amen? It will never disagree. And I said that to say this story is that I remember when we were living in the church parsonage many years ago, that was probably 2007, something like that, so when we moved in there, living in the church parsonage, and so they built it for us, and it was nice, you know, we paid rent on it and whatnot. It's a nice house, it's brand new. Uh, but we lived in it about two years, and then one day I was walking across the living room, and God spoke to me and says, you know you're going to have to move, right? And I said, yes, Lord. I mean, I'd been sensing that in my spirit. He said, you know you're going to have to move. And I said, yeah, I, I know that. Uh, I need for you to talk to my wife. She really likes this house. So wh- I got a word from God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And I believed the word that I heard. And I waited for him to speak to her. When he spoke to her, uh, we were in agreement. And we be- began to go out and look for a house. And as we're looking for a house, you know, um, we're driving around San Angelo and looking at all kinds of different houses. We drove by a house that was not for sale. And God spoke to my heart again and said, that's your house. God, it's not for sale. I hear the word of God. I believe the word of God. I told my wife, I said, call this number. She called that number. 30 days from the time we submitted the paper to the time we walked into the house. 30 days. I don't know. That, to me, that's pretty quick. You hear the word of God, whether it's written or whether he speaks to your heart, you believe the word of God, and there should be some kind of a corresponding action. Either you saying something or you doing something. Amen? That is the fruit of the Spirit. God has given you a measure of faith. What are we doing with that measure of faith that he's given us? He expects us to grow up. He expects us to mature. Faith can be cultivated. And the way you cultivate your faith, the number one way is you spend time in the Word of God. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And you believe what His Word says, and you act on His Word, and you make sure that your heart is right, and that you're walking in love. Because Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit that was given to you. When was it given to you? When you were born again. So you have the capacity 
to increase your faith. You have the capacity to walk in the love of God. There is no excuse for you or me to not be fulfilling God's will for our lives. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit, he expects us to grow. Expects us to grow up. Expects that fruit to grow in our lives. Amen? God should look at us and say, I've never seen such great faith. Amen? Lord, just give me the word. Just give me a word, Lord. Wasn't it uh, Peter that stepped out of the boat and walked on water? What did he say? Give me a word. Jesus said, come. He stepped out on the C, no pun intended. He stepped out on the O, stepped out on the M. You're getting this right. This is a joke. Stepped out on the E. That's the word, come. He's standing on the word of God. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? So faith is fruit of the Spirit. It can be cultivated. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith works by love. Great faith hears the Word, believes the Word, and acts on the Word. Amen? Acts on the Word. So I probably got done a little bit earlier this morning than normal, but that's okay. You good with that? What we're going to do is we're going to spend a moment right now, and we're going to just kind of close our eyes, you know, forget about the person around you. And we're just going to examine our hearts. Amen? And and I'm going to pray while we're doing that. So, Father God, we just take this moment to examine our hearts because you've given each one of us a measure of faith. We may not feel like it. We may not recognize it. But your word says that you've given each one of us a measure of faith. And you've also told us how to have great faith. We need to spend time hearing your word. And we need to believe your word because you said it. And you stand by your word. All heaven backs the word of God. You said that your word goes forth from your mouth and will not return unto you void. It will accomplish what you send it forth to do. And you also said that you watch over your word to perform it. So we know that we can stand on your word. We know that we can trust in your word. We know that we can put our hope in your word, O God. And when we stand on your word and we believe your word, we'll begin to speak your word out in situation. In situation, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, we were healed. If we were healed, then we are healed. We can stand on your word, Father God. We purpose to be men and women of great faith. And so we examine our hearts right now to make sure that we are truly walking in love, that we don't have any unforgiveness towards anyone. We don't have any unforgiveness towards you. We don't have any unforgiveness towards ourselves. But we choose to walk in forgiveness. We choose to walk in love so that our love will activate our faith. The things that we're believing you for, we find the scriptures to stand on. We Allow that scripture to be activated by the love of God that's in us. And we purpose to shout it out, to to say your word, to to step out in faith and act on your word. If you say, go to the left, we'll go to the left. If you say, sit down, we'll sit, sit down. If you say, move here, we'll move there. If you say, go tell this person that, we'll go tell that person that. If you say, to invest here, we'll invest there. We purpose to tune our ear to your voice. God, we ask you to forgive forgive us in times that we've missed it. The things that you've told us to do and we didn't do it, forgive us, Lord. 
the things you said not to do and we did it, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just ask that you take this message, that you do with it what I'm not able to do. Seal it in the hearts of each one of us here today. I thank you that you gave us ears to hear and hearts to receive what your spirit was speaking to each one of us individually and corporately. Father, we purpose to go forth from this place with joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.